Hey, it's Sherry from The Writing Glitch. I am the host of this Emotional Kids Summit. Donnelly and I are back. Hello, everybody. Today, we are going to talk about that teacher that we've been talking about all month. That seventh grade teacher. What's his name? Mr. Grapner. Mr. Grapner. Oh, gosh, he is so cool. He is. He is little grasshopper, I would say. Uh, It's funny because as we've talked about the character developments, these are fictional characters, but based on real people, based on nonfiction. And there's a particular teacher that I have in mind as we've developed Mr. Grapner, but really a combination of many teachers who want to do the right thing, but you only know what you know, and you don't know what you don't know. And many of us in our teacher programs didn't learn what we need to best individualize for students. When I think about Mr. Grapner, I think about Krista's eighth grade science teacher. Oh, okay. So not necessarily math, but it's the personality. Yes, yes. The personality of a math teacher, a science teacher, they are a little bit different of a personality than the literature teacher or maybe the language teacher, you know, somebody Mm -hmm. who's teaching Spanish or, or French or German or one of those other languages. I don't know, this whole science math teacher, to me... I think very, everything gets put in, in the, the alignment, kind of uh, very structured and organized. Very linear, very sequential. Yeah. And learning is not. <laughs> and learning is not. There we go. That's a good way to sum up that. Uh, so teaching that, is learning, yeah. you know, teaching is, is what some of these personality types believe to be. And learning is the exact opposite. And so these, uh, this, this teacher that we develop uh, based on people that we've known, we've experienced, we've worked with in the past, uh, are help creating these transformational classrooms through their continuous learning. So Mr. Grabner, we see him at some point in the book teaching third grade and why a kid, a teacher who has already been certified to teach secondary, like eighth grade, how did they get in the third grade classroom? And I, I reflect back on when I was back in high school. When I was back in high school, or even in college, I, I remember distinctly in my calculus class, the dean or the chair or some of one of the higher ed education major people coming in and going, we need math teachers. And I was a science major. And I'm like, yeah, math, I know I needed math to do science, but to teach it? Are you crazy? Well, I should have taken them up on it <laughs> and gotten that second degree. But I don't know that I would have really liked and enjoyed teaching math. I think I would have been a Mr. Grapner. At the mm. time in my life, I would have been that very stringent, not being able to think out of the box kind of person. I think we've all been Mr. Grapner when we start teaching mathematics. Every math teacher, I think, starts out as a mm-hmm. Mr. Grapner. And as I reflect back on it, and I talked about my daughter in this, a couple of these episodes, I think I was that very stringent, structured, linear kind of thinker. It has taken 
not just me understanding Jenna Lee, but understanding my students as well. I'm not quite sure what I was thinking about moving into the school system <laughs> um, as an OT and what that was going, where that was going to take me. I knew I wanted to work there. I just didn't know what that meant. As a matter of fact, it's just a sidebar. Before we even get talking again about Mr. Grabner, I didn't even know how to remediate handwriting when I started. Mm, great point. Yes. I mean, yeah, you learned math in, in college, but did you really know how to remediate math? Absolutely not. Did you really know how to teach math? Absolutely not. And, and that is Wait a actually, minute. Wait a minute. You just said you just graduated uh-huh. with a math with degree. With a math degree. And you had no idea no. how to teach it. No. So that kids could learn it. I mean, that's kind of the finish of that sentence. I thought I was fabulous, marvelous. I mean, I was the best teacher on the planet, you know, as I walked in as first year teacher until I started assessing students and realizing that all of these, what I thought were magnificent lessons that I was teaching, kids were not connecting to. I would say more than half of the students. Wait a minute. You, you went through how many weeks as an intern student teacher? Sure. Yes. I mean, I did the same thing as an OT. I went through an internship. They call it field work in the Mm -hmm. OT world. But I I also got out there and I went, I just don't know what in the world. And So I'm glad to hear that I wasn't alone. For sure. I'm glad to hear. And I believe that Mr. Grapner is in that same position. He has been teaching for a couple years, but he moves these grades. So at one point in time, he's teaching third grade and we enter the story He's teaching seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Like, how did he jump from one grade to the next? And what was the ramification of moving from grade to grade? You know, that's really a loaded question. It happens so often in education. Hmm. And does it happen voluntarily? Or does it happen by demand? No. Typically, it happens by demand. We either have liquidating take place Mm. (laughs) and in education what that means. You know what? I think that (laughs) happened this year. You know, I've heard so many teachers lost their jobs Mm -hmm. this this past. uh, For one reason or another, whether it's funding or positions or enrollment, you know, whatever it is, you know, often teachers are not moving voluntarily. It's this crazy system that we're in that is forcing administrators to move people in positions that maybe they're not well-equipped for. That's really a shame. It's really a shame. So I'm not quite sure how Mr. Gretner ends up in third grade because he's scheduled to be and certified Mm -hmm. to teach the eighth grade student. So how he gets into third grade in the first place is confusing to me as a therapist. But incident, he's there. For a year. For a year. And then he ends up jumping to seventh grade, mm-hmm. but he's certified to teach eighth grade. So it's really uh, like this whole feeling of yoga. And I imagine as a teacher that you can feel like that as well when you're getting these demand, you're, you're moving to this one, you're moving to that one, you're moving to, it's no wonder teachers are also moving schools when that happens. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just to ask a teacher to, for us to move our classroom, even if we're teaching the same grade level, and the same content, moving a classroom is a huge upheaval, let alone moving a grade level, a content area, or even a school. But don't you have to, like, remove everything to get the 
school clean. I'm using those air quotes again. Yeah, you know what I mean over the summer? No, great have- question. Yeah, we, you know, we do box things up, but typically in our classrooms, uh, you'll have pantries or closets or places where you can put stuff and then just take it out. Sort of like at your house when you have the seasonal closets. You know, you have different seasons, different holidays, and you box things up and, and put them there. But if I were to move from one house to another, that's an entirely different stress level and activity. So even moving to the next room over oh, can create that absolutely stress. For sure. So Mr. Grabner is now teaching the seventh grade classroom, and Brian is in the classroom. And he doesn't know how to deal with Brian. Absolutely not. No. Brian is not your typical kiddo. Brian is very special, has a lot of needs. But as we talked in Brian's episode, he has a great foundation and a sense of numbers, but not in the symbolic way. So Mr. Grapner believes that, and, and, you know, this is something that happens with a lot of um, educators is we might blame it on something else where we might say, well, you know, his home life isn't as great as it should be, or he's just lazy, or he's not getting enough sleep, so he's falling asleep in class, or, you know, we have all of these. And and some of those things might be true. However, as an educator, I have to be able to control what I can control, and I can control the level of engagement in my classroom based on my instructional delivery. And the more tools I have and the techniques I have on enhancing my instructional delivery methods— the better I'm going to be able to engage Brian and lead him to advanced learning. Meanwhile, Tanisha, remember in that episode, which was two Fridays ago, she's getting pulled out at the beginning of math class to go with Miss Sherry in the book, who happens to be me. And she's going to do the cross-cross or the jumping jacks or one of these activities that she chooses. And then she's coming back in the room. And this disruption is also not helping Brian. And ironically, is probably exactly what Brian needs, but Brian is not on Miss Sherry's caseload. So this the title being math disconnected, and we could take the math out of it, just disconnection, disconnected. What Sherry and I are trying to bring you through the book is the connections between all the stakeholders. The parents, the therapists, the instructional aides, the special ed teachers, the classroom teacher, the gen ed teacher, the principal, the student, and how we can all work together to make sure the students are getting you what they need. One, the community. The community, absolutely, yes. Yeah, and the community as well. So Tanisha kind of disrupts the class, disrupts Brian's attention in the classroom and kind of gets caught in in this (laughs) distraction. And so we're not going to tell you what he does during this distraction. You're going to have to get the book and and learn more about this distraction. But it blows Mr. Grabner's mind when you take over Mm -hmm. and you teach a class and Mr. Grabner basically feels like he got laid out. (laughs) You know, just with Brian's engagement and focus and Uh, his body posture, uh, his responses, his participation, something that Mr. Grapner was not able to do with Brian. But as as an instructional coach, as I'm presented as in the book, as an instructional coach and as a consultant, 
it's even more important for us to be able to extract the teacher perspective and move them to their next level and unpack what just happened in the classroom and why Brian engaged in a different way. What were some of the teacher moves or actions that I did that allowed that to happen? So Mr. Grapner then after the seventh grade session goes to debrief. And one of the things that I have discovered about therapy, about interacting with you, about teachers in general, is that debrief is probably the most important part of our sessions. And collaboration is so essential to our student success that I want to challenge you to create a collaboration with one teacher this year, if you're an occupational therapist. If you're a teacher, I challenge you to create a collaboration with that occupational therapist and see if you can create this mesh that brings out a new level of understanding and learning for your students. Well said. So did we say everything that we needed to say about Mr. Grapner? You know, I think through the character development in the book and as you watch, as you as you watch and you really experience what Mr. Grapner is feeling, what he's thinking, how he's responding. So you you hear that little voice in his head. And as we talked about at the beginning, we've all been Mr. Grapner at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna have this empathy for him, but also this as you are an outsider, you're gonna think to yourself, how does he not know to do this? But that in and of itself is such a great reflection tool and professional development just by reading a book. It's, it's a very unique story and being able to follow Mr. Grapner's journey in his professional development is going to take you through a professional development at the same time. Absolutely. And I can't wait to, for you to tell us your feelings about this book. This book is going to be coming out later this fall. It is not out yet. But if you join the companion course, guess what we are offering? We are offering to share some chapters with you before it releases. And so get on that book launch team by joining the companion course. Take the Purple X mini course. Get that professional development. Grab those free downloads that we're including oh my gosh, I just keep going, wow, we put all this together and are helping you understand these emotional kids. Because Tanisha, Brian, Mr. Grapner, and the girl we're going to talk about next week all have this emotion that is gnawing inside them. And it is called interoception. So here I am telling you one of the words that we're going to talk about throughout the education process here. And that is that, that understanding of what you're feeling inside. So what right now, what's happening in your stomach? Are you full? Are you hungry? Are you, Ooh, that sausage didn't fit well. Or are you listening to this and doing something else at the same time? And not sure you're picking up or, you know, we're internalizing and forced to internalize 
through all of these emotions and feelings. Right. So interoception really has to do with what's going on in our bodily organs that is reflecting on what's happening outside of our body and how we are interacting with others. So let's go for a, an example that might happen at home is your kid comes home from school and they throw the book back down and you are already on edge because you got the receipt for the bill that wasn't paid that you thought was paid. And now you're on edge because of some thing that doesn't have anything to do with what's going on with your kid. But the two of you then like are fire and ice hitting the wall against one another. Do your homework. I'm not doing my homework. I'm not going to school tomorrow. And all that conflict just is going to change what's going on inside you, teaching you how to lower that feeling that's inside you. Listen to some of the experts that are in this companion course, in this summit. Dr. Plimpton and the Worry Motel, Heather Hudgens Chan, and what she is teaching about trauma and many, many others. I mean, we have an entire month's worth of experts that are helping us understand emotional kids. But like I said before, we are kids, whether we are zero or 99. So we all have these moments. So how are you reflecting on your kid? Hopefully this understanding that's taking a little deeper dive into Mr. Grappner will help you understand yourself as well. Anything to add before we go? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited about the launch. I'm excited about what you're offering through this summit and excited about all of you that are listening and how many of you are going to continue on this journey with Sherry and I. Wonderful. Join us next Friday as we talk about our last student who is in Mr. Grabner's class in third grade and seventh grade, even though they were two different schools. Listen in next week. And remember, you were put here for such a time as this. Have a great week. And don't forget to join Monday for another expert.